Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, November 21st, 2019. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will give you picks picks for week 12 in the NFL, which will include the Patriots-Cowboys game Sunday at 425 here in New England. I also have a few thoughts, a few more thoughts on the end of Gronk Watch. I gave you my initial thoughts on Gronk's big announcement this week on Tuesday's live stream on YouTube. But uh, I do have a couple more thoughts that I will give on this show. And are the Patriots considering bringing back Antonio Brown? Is this a real story? Is this real news or is this fake news when it comes to Antonio Brown and a potential return to New England to play for the Patriots this season. There is Antonio Brown news. I will get to that, and I will react to it. All of it today presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. That's promo code PICK, P-I-C. And you can play for free this Sunday in the $1.1 million play action contest for Week 12 in the NFL. $1.1 million in total prizes with $100,000 going to first place. You could win $100,000 this Sunday by playing for free with my promo code PICK, P-I-C. Sign up right now at DraftKings.com with promo code PICK, P-I-C, to play for free with your first deposit. Welcome to the show. I was up late last night on Wednesday night. I was watching the Celtics lose to the Clippers in L.A., in overtime, so you got the West Coast swing, you got some late games for the Celtics, and uh, when it goes to overtime, it's even later. So I was up late last night. It's it's one of those games where I look at what I think the Celtics can be moving forward, and I know what the Clippers are right now with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and you know you'd like to see them win that game in overtime. But it's not the end of the world. In fact, I leave that game going, okay, this Celtics team is going to be able to keep up with the best players in the league, with some of the best teams in the league. And you just got to love the fact that Jason Tatum tied the game at the end of the fourth quarter with that step-back three. I can't even say in Paul George's face because Paul George fell to the ground. He fell back on his ass as Jason Tatum took a step back, put it through his legs. He made Paul George look like a fool, and he buried the three. It tied the game at 97 at the end of the fourth quarter, or at least with, what, like 13 seconds left in the fourth quarter, and the game goes to overtime. You got that moment from Marcus Smart in which he saves the ball from going out of bounds, and he dives, and he throws it off of Kawhi Leonard's leg. I tweeted out last night at the beginning of this game, Kawhi versus Marcus Smart is must-see TV. And it is, with Smart covering Kawhi. Now, the problem with this game with Marcus Smart last night was that he was 1-for-11 from three-point range. You combine that 1-for-11 from three-point range for Marcus Smart with Jalen Brown's 1-for-8 from three-point range, and you get... Smart and Brown, 2-for-19 from behind the three-point line. The Celtics is a team in this game, 12-for-45 from three-point range. That's 27% from the three. That's no good. So the Celtics, they lose this game in overtime. They are now 11-3 on the season, tied for first place in the East with the 11-3 Milwaukee Bucks. But 
I'm not going to get too worked up about a loss, even though I was up late and I stayed up to watch this thing, and you're up even later because it goes to overtime. Uh, There are a lot of things in this game that if you're a Celtics fan, you should feel good about. And maybe the thing that will... I I think this could be... This could be Jason Tatum's moment. I know they didn't win the game, so it waters it down a little bit. But the fact that you have that moment at the end of the fourth, the game on the line, on the road, against a very good Clippers team in L.A., you got Paul George in your face, you go through the legs, step back, bury the three to tie the game and send it to overtime. Like Those are the type of shots you want to see a young player like Jason Tatum be able to make now that you have a team that no longer has Kyrie Irving to take that shot. Uh, you have a team right now that is Gordon Hayward injured and out indefinitely. So um, we're looking at Tatum. We're looking at Brown as two kids that now need to, they have an opportunity here to make this their team. And when they hit shots like that, like Tatum hit at the end of the fourth quarter last night, even though they lose this game, you know, you could see them, you could see them taking this team as their own with shots like that. And so even though the Celtics lost, I'm not going to be too disappointed with it because they still showed me a lot. You know, will will that one for 11 for Marcus Smart go down? Well, if it goes down... Uh, it should go down in the form of don't take 11 threes. I don't, I don't really want to look. I, look, I love Marcus Smart, but I don't want to look at a box score or watch a game and see a stat line pop up where he has taken 11 three-pointers. I just don't want to see it. So um, there are things you can do to fix that, and there are things you can do to actually win this game last night, and I'm confident that the Celtics will do those things to eventually be able to win a game like this against a team like this. So a lot of positives last night from this loss against the Clippers in L.A., uh, but I was up late watching that. Clearly the top story in the world of sports is still NFL-related. NFL-related. And here with the Patriots, here with the Patriots, there's just a, there's always drama, isn't there? Like it's, just, it's always something. Always something. They're 9-1. They're the one seed in the AFC. I think we know right now they're going to get a first-round bye because Houston has lost some some tough games, because Kansas City has lost some tough games. I don't think we should be taking Indianapolis that seriously when it comes to a first-round bye. It's really only a two-team race for the one seed in the AFC, Baltimore at 8-2 and two, and the Patriots at 9-1. and one. But that basically means the Patriots will get a first-round bye, whether they're the one or the two seed. I still think they're going to get the one seed. Obviously, this schedule now is a lot tougher than it was the first seven, eight weeks of the regular season. But there's always drama. And earlier this week, the drama was with Rob Gronkowski. I already did a live stream on this, reacting to Gronk's announcement. I did it on Tuesday morning. Make sure you watch every Tuesday. I go live, DPS Live on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash Danny Picard right now and smash that subscribe button. You can also go to my website and watch the videos. They are there, dannypicard.com. But every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time, I go live and I gave you my live reaction to Gronk's announcement on Tuesday, which he made just about an hour or two before I did that live stream on Tuesday morning. And the announcement from Gronk was he is throwing a Super Bowl party in Miami the day before the Super Bowl. It's a beach party. It's called Gronk Beach. And... He released a two-minute video in which, even in the video itself, he teased the return to the Patriots. 
you know, he had the voices in his head. One voice was telling him to return to football, saying, hey, you're young. You still got it. You're still in shape. Go, you know, go continue to win in, win in the NFL. Go win with the Patriots. And then you had the other voice telling him, no, this is the time to party. Enjoy life. You know, do you want to play in the Super Bowl? Or do you want to go down and party at the Super Bowl in Miami? And Gronk chose to listen to the voice that told him to go potty. At least this is what the two-minute video showed us. And so the announcement is that Gronk is throwing a beach bash, Gronk Beach, at the Super Bowl. It's the second announcement that has let Patriots fans down, right? It's let everybody down in New England who thought that these announcements were going to be a reveal that Gronk could be returning to football. He is not. And so, like I told you on Tuesday during the live stream, like I wrote in a column for the Boston Metro this week, Gronk Watch is now officially over. Is now officially over. For 2019. <laughs> for 2019. Uh, Gronk knows that we're all a bunch of suckers. And he knows that he's going to do another announcement in the offseason that we know probably won't be football-related based on what we've seen. And that announcement is going to get our attention. Whether you want to admit it or not, we are all going to be on Gronk Watch once again in the offseason. Because you know he's going to tease something. He's already kind of laying the groundwork. The quote that he gave ESPN on Tuesday to go along with this announcement was, never say never. That's what he said. Never say never. You know, never say never to, to, to coming back to football. He's already, he's already laying the groundwork to tease in another announcement to get us to pay attention to his next uh, personal business venture. But anyways, Gronk's not coming back. He's not walking through that door this season, at least. My question would be, did it ever get to a point where the Patriots and Gronk were actually in communication about a negotiation to get Gronk to return? I, I would like to know that. I haven't heard or seen anything on that front. Um, if that's out there, you know, let me know. But I would like to know if at any point Bill Belichick and Drew Rosenhaus, Gronk and the Patriots got together and did discuss some type of return. I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is that Gronk's not playing this year. And he made that very clear on Tuesday, right? He made that very clear on Tuesday. But what was also interesting on Tuesday is the timing of a tweet by Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown on Tuesday morning sent out a tweet that apologized to Robert Kraft. Let me read you what the tweet said. I'm sure you've seen it by now. But the tweet said, quote, Mr. Kraft, I apologize sincerely to you and your organization. All I wanted to be was an asset to the organization. Sorry for the bad media and the drama. Thank you sincerely. A.B. That's from Antonio Brown. And it has a lot of people in this town thinking that Antonio Brown and his representatives, whether it's his agent Drew Rosenhaus or his lawyers or both, or all of those three combined... It has a lot of people in this town thinking that maybe he's setting himself up for a potential comeback, especially with the Patriots now knowing that Gronk is not returning. And if the Patriots think that, well, maybe they are going to have to give Antonio Brown all the money that they had committed to previously, why not just let him play? Well, 
the reason you probably wouldn't have Antonio Brown come back to the Patriots if you're the Patriots. He's not even just about what he said with uh, about Robert Kraft. It's that Antonio Brown still has legal battles with the girl Brittany Taylor, who is, who has accused him of sexual assault. Like, he still has these legal battles, and in fact, the latest news on Antonio Brown and those legal battles is that he has filed a countersuit against Brittany Taylor. Antonio Brown has filed a countersuit against Brittany Taylor, and there's also this news about a confidentiality agreement that Brown had to sign or did sign early on in this process, and that confidentiality agreement prevents him from telling his side of the story, whether it be you know, publicly or wherever. They, he, he's trying to get Brittany Taylor to waive this, this agreement that will let him, I guess, tell the truth. And I'm putting the, the finger quotes up because I have no idea what the truth is. I don't think anybody knows what the truth is. The only people who know what the truth is is Brittany Taylor and Antonio Brown. But the point I'm trying to make is he still has this stuff going on. So people are getting worked up. Gronk's not coming back. Antonio Brown on the same day that Gronk tweets about uh, Gronk Beach, and it confirms that he's not coming back. Antonio Brown apologizes to Mr. Kraft. There are rumors out there that Jonathan Kraft, you know, demanded that Antonio Brown put out that apology. And if that's true, well, why would they demand it? Are the Patriots setting themselves up for Antonio Brown to return? What is real news? What is fake news? Here's what I will say with regards to Antonio Brown. And I have been saying this since day one. Since he was with the Oakland Raiders talking about his helmet, I have been saying this. If you're the Patriots, there is absolutely, I don't care what type of money is involved, if you're the Patriots, there is absolutely no need for you to go anywhere near Antonio Brown ever again. There is no need for it. There's no need. It's not worth your time. It's not worth the circus. It's not worth whether anything is true or untrue. Right now, with Antonio Brown, over the last year, this guy has been somebody that has just created drama. And and you're sure some of it is some of it has to do with what other people are accusing him of, sure. But but there's other things. There's a lot of other things that have turned out to be true about this guy. There, there are other stories that we've seen with our own eyes. We see him on social media losing his mind, right? Um, I've said since day one, he just doesn't seem like a very smart dude. And so there's drama there. There's drama that you don't need to bring back into your organization as you enter a Week 12 game against the Dallas Cowboys, as you're 9-1, and one, the one seed in the AFC, and you're getting back your left tackle and Isaiah Wynn. I, I just, I, you, you just got back Nikhil Harry, the rookie wide receiver that you took in the first round. I just think that if you brought Antonio Brown back to the Patriots... It's just unnecessary drama. It's an unnecessary circus. And you cannot convince me today, even given all these rumors, even given what everybody or a lot of people here in this town is saying and and thinking and wondering, you cannot convince me that the Patriots are realistically even considering bringing Antonio Brown back because to me, it just doesn't, it doesn't match up with what they are as an organization, which is an organization that 
tries to eliminate drama, that tries to go about their business with no drama. Now, it's tough for the Patriots to not have drama because people outside of the organization continue to create drama. And right now, really, with this team that they have currently, the drama is that Tom Brady is unhappy. The drama is that Tom Brady holds his press conference after a win over the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, their offense is struggling. And 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 it's now spiraled out of control. It has. The Tom Brady's press conference against the Eagles, the offensive performance they had against the Eagles, it has spiraled out of control to the point where, think about it, we are now sitting here today talking about, well, you think they'll bring Antonio Brown back? I don't think the Patriots are going to bring back Antonio Brown. Not just because of the drama that's going to come with it, but also because he's got the legal stuff going on still. And we don't even know if the NFL will let him play. There's that whole exempt list thing that they were teasing they were going to put on, put him on if he signed with the team after the Patriots released him. It's, it, it just doesn't make any sense to even get involved in it, to even worry about it. I, and I know the people who want it to happen are the people that think the Patriots offense is so bad, is struggling so much right now that they can use any help they can get. It doesn't matter what type of drama that guy might bring into the organization. You got to go bring him in, especially if it's a talent like Antonio Brown. Nobody has taken away the type of talent Antonio Brown has. He's one of the most talented receivers of football. And if you add him to your team in a vacuum, you become a much better team and certainly a much better offense. And right now, the Patriots are looking to become a much better offense. So a lot of people are saying, well, why not? You're going to pay him anyways. Just bring him in. Who cares? I just think they don't need to do it. They're 9-1 without him. They're the one seed in the AFC without him. They're going to beat the Cowboys on Sunday at Gillette Stadium without him. They are. And I do think that for the people that will go out now and say they got to bring Antonio Brown back, I think there's an aspect of that that they are they are taking the Patriots' current offensive struggles and they are turning it into something it's not. They're turning it into something it's not. And I say that because I go back to that press conference that Brady had. Right now, everybody has an opinion on Tom Brady and his unhappiness. He was unhappy in that press conference. He's unhappy with his Patriots offense. Here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. And we've been dealing with this for a long time. I mean, you talk about drama with this organization and drama being created by people on the outside like the media. Um, I, you know, we, we've been dealing with this for a long time. Because people automatically assume that Tom Brady is... When Tom Brady gives that press conference against the Eagles, after the Eagles, the win over the Eagles, by the way, when he gives that press conference and he's unhappy, and he talks... He did an interview with... He does his weekly segment with, with Jim Gray, Westwood One Radio. People assume, they take that unhappiness, and they assume that Tom Brady is unhappy with Bill Belichick, right? 
They think that, yeah, Brady's unhappy with the offense, but who's he really unhappy with? He's unhappy with the coach. He's unhappy with the GM. He's unhappy with the guy that won't surround Brady with the proper weapons to be a dominant offense. I mean, this narrative that Tom Brady is sitting there at a press conference being upset after a win over the Eagles, this narrative that he's upset with Bill Belichick is insane. It is. But it's the type of shit that we've been having to listen to and deal with in this town for a long time. It's not that Brady is upset with Belichick. It's that people want Brady to be upset with Bill Belichick. And they create this narrative. They create the narrative. They assume Brady's pissed at Belichick. Do you know how much of a reach that is? Because what I know about Tom Brady is that Tom Brady is a guy that's a perfectionist. Tom Brady is a guy that if things aren't going perfect, he's going to be somewhat upset. A win is a win is a win. I mean, you see the video inside the Patriots locker room after that win over the Eagles and Bill Belichick is seemingly happy. He gave him Monday off, the victory Monday. Was it their first victory Monday of the year? Whatever it was. I mean, that looks like a team, if you just listened to how everybody reacted to Tom Brady's press conference, you would never think that this is a Patriots team that would be happy after this win against the Eagles. You'd think that they all hated each other, they weren't happy with the weapons they had on offense, that Belichick was pissed, that Brady's pissed at Belichick, and the sky is falling with this Patriots organization. It's the same type of stuff that we heard from the Seth Wickersham report a couple years ago. Since that report, the Patriots have played in two Super Bowls, have won one of them. It's insane. But people create these narratives not because they're trying to tell you the truth as to what's going on with the Patriots and their struggling offense and how people in the organization are reacting to it. They're trying to tell you what they want to be true. And what they want and what they've wanted for years is for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady to hate each other. They want these guys to hate each other. They want Tom Brady to be sitting there after a game and a win over the Eagles in which they only scored 17 points, in which they needed a wide receiver in Julian Edelman to throw a touchdown pass. They want Brady to be sitting there thinking to himself, man, if I had some better weapons, imagine what we what we could do this season. I hate my coach. It's his fault. He sucks. That's what people want him to think. And so they see him unhappy after a win, and they're like, that's got to be it. He's got to be mad at Bill. Oh, he hates Bill. They take that, they put it in their brains, and you know what they do with it? You know what they turn it into? They turn it into, what have we seen? They turn it into, Brady doesn't want to be here anymore. Brady wants to play for another team. That's why Brady voided the last two years of his contract. That's why he said they can't put the franchise tag on him. Brady wants to go play for the Chargers organization next year in L.A. That's how much people have brainwashed themselves into believing what they want to be true rather than believing what actually is true. It's the same old song and dance with the Patriots and the relationship between Brady and Belichick, at least from the public's point of view, from people outside the room. I'm just here to tell you that these people are insane. This is not true. Brady, Belichick, there was a report a couple weeks ago from Adam Schefter, which, again, it got buried. This, This got buried. This got absolutely buried. 
Because Adam Schefter was in the middle of these weekly reports where he was talking about Brady's future and how, you know, there's a good chance that he does not play for the Patriots next year, whether it's retiring or playing for another team. You know, Schefter was on this two, three-week span where he was going on TV, going on radio, pounding his chest, talking about how Brady wasn't going to play for the Patriots next year, or at least he was setting himself up to leave after this season. And in the middle of that, he has a report that says, well, a source also tells him the working relationship between Brady and Belichick is fantastic. And that was like he buried the lead. He like threw that at the bottom of his story. And like nobody was talking about it. Why? Because nobody wants that to be true. Nobody wants Brady and Belichick to have a fantastic working relationship because nobody wants the Patriots dynasty to continue the way it has continued. Longer, much longer than people thought it would continue. We live in a world, this is in sports media, this is in politics, and the media that you see, that that circus. I don't know if you follow that circus. That is a circus. You couldn't get a true story out of the media on either side. Democrats, Republicans, you couldn't get a true story out of the, out of the media on either side if you paid them to give the true story. It's insane. It is with with regards to the to the Patriots and the NFL and the stories that surround this organization, it's very similar. You can't get the true story. You're only getting what people want to be true. People want the drama. They want the gossip. They want the controversy. And right now, if they really wanted to find it, they could because the pieces are in place to, for them to put these put this puzzle together as if. Oh, wow, yeah, the Patriots are 9-1, but Brady, even after a win, he didn't look happy. What's the reason for that? Oh, they only scored 17 points. Oh, Gronk's not coming back. Oh, Antonio Brown, they lost him, and now they're all, all the Patriots, uh, they're liking Antonio Brown's post on social media. Oh, what do we got? Well, we got some injuries on offense. You know, Jacoby Myers, one of the young kids, he's running the wrong routes. We got issues on the offensive line. You know, Tom Brady's unhappy. Why is he unhappy? He must be pissed at Bill Belichick for not giving him the proper weapons. That's got to be it. It all comes together. It all checks out. <laughs> these are what... Pe- this is. These are the thoughts of, of actual humans when they see this stuff. Rather than just maybe take a logical approach, approach and go, well, you know what? The Patriots offense has some issues right now. And Tom Brady is a winner. He's a perfectionist. We know that. And so when things aren't perfect and a win isn't necessarily pretty, he accepts the win, but he wants to get better. That's what Tom Brady does. Tom Brady wants to be better every single day. And so he's he's unhappy that the offense wasn't perfect. He's unhappy whenever it's not perfect. That's what keeps that's what makes him a great player. That's what keeps him in this elite level of of quarterbacks in this league that continues to win. He's a winner. People just want to throw that out and think that his frustrations are not because he's somebody who wants to win and, and it doesn't really go beyond that, any deeper than that. They take that and go, well, he wants to win, but he knows that maybe he can't continue to win because his coach doesn't give him the right pieces to succeed, to help him succeed. It's a huge leap. It's 
<laughs> it's it's a huge reach. But yet people want to go there. People want to go there. They want Brady and Belichick to hate each other. They want it. They, they are telling you what they want. They want Brady and Belichick to hate each other so much that they will tell you he's willing to go play for the L.A. Chargers next year. Tom Brady. That's how much they want Brady and Belichick to hate each other. That they're willing to tell you he's out after this season. While they're the one seed in the AFC, by the way. They want Belichick and Brady to hate each other so much that they wanted to see the Patriots give the backup quarterback a franchise tag that would have paid Jimmy Garoppolo $25 million. That's how much they want Brady and Belichick to hate each other. They wanted the Patriots to do that, or at least wanted to convince you that they should have done it. That's how much they want Brady and Belichick to hate each other. They now want Brady and Belichick to hate each other so much that we're talking about a post-game press conference and turning it into a somewhat controversial subject. As in, is Brady unhappy with the weapons that Belichick has given him? They want Brady and Belichick to hate each other so much that we have now turned an Antonio Brown return into a real thing. <laughs> I just don't see it. I know this is a roundabout way for me to tell you that uh, I, I don't see Antonio Brown returning. But man, it is the same old song and dance with this team, with this organization, and the way people react to things that happen to this team, even when they are one of the best teams, if not the best team in all of the NFL. I already said on Monday, I already told you on the live stream, for the Patriots offense to turn things around, with Isaiah Wynn coming back, they've activated him, the left tackle, you know, let's, I know it's a lot to put to put on the kid, but if you can fix some things in the offensive line, it is going to make all the difference in the world. It's going to give Brady an extra second or two in the pocket, which also gives the receivers an extra second or two to get open, which allows Tom Brady to have a big day, which then allows the Patriots offense to get back on track, which then, I'm telling you right now, we'll have people talking about, whoa, hey, don't forget about Muhammad Sanu. And I know Sanu's a little banged up now too. Philip Dorsett's a little banged up as well. Edelman, we know he's been banged up. But it can change like that. And it's not always about the personnel on the receiving call. It's it I'm telling you and we we should know this. We should all know this. We shouldn't buy into this fake news, this fake drama that surrounds the Patriots nonstop. This drama that has Brady and Belichick, they must hate each other. Well, Brady wants Antonio Brown. He's liking his Instagram post. That's how that's how nutty we've gone. That people like a certain guy's Instagram post or social media post. And that means that now the players must hate the coach because the coach and the owner got rid of the player that they want on the team because of how they reacted to a social media post. I'm sorry. I just, I'm not overreacting to all the Patriots' struggles offensively like that. Because I think it's actually a quick fix. I think it is. I think we're going to see it Sunday against the Cowboys. 
Uh, and if we don't see it Sunday against the Cowboys, we'll see it a week 13 against Houston. And certainly, if we don't see a week 13 against Houston, we will see it week 14 against a Kansas City defense that is horrible. Kansas City's defense is terrible. I just think the Patriots are going to be fine. I think they do not need Antonio Brown. I and And I'm thinking more so than just football. And uh, I don't think they need that circus. I just don't. I just don't think they need him. They don't need the drama. They don't need the circus. I'm telling you, they don't. And um, we'll certainly see what the Patriots do, whatever they, you know, however they handle it. Maybe there's no handle. Maybe they, they might be sitting there going, we're not bringing that guy back. We'll let the media report whatever they're going to report. When I... We're focused on Dallas. We're focused on Dallas, Houston, Kansas City. Like, we got some football games to win. We got an offensive line to improve. And when we do improve that, all of a sudden, you watch Edelman, Sanu, Nikhil Harry. You know, maybe Jacoby Myers. Then you're dumping it off to James White. All of a sudden, the offensive line opens up the run game for Sony Michelle, which then opens up more of the passing game and the play action. I mean, it's just... This is simple. This just seems like simple football 101. And I don't know how you could deny that simple football 101 for a Patriots team that's 9 and 1 in the one seed in the AFC. But the only reason I think you 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 go above and beyond your analysis of this struggling Patriots offense right now is if you try to convince yourself that something is true that's not only because you want it to be true, which is you want Brady and Belichick to hate each other. You want Brady to want Antonio Brown on the team. You want Brady to want to storm into Belichick's office and say, I've had enough. You better bring Antonio Brown back. People are telling you what they want with this Patriots team. But what they have is a team that's the number one seed that is probably going to finish as the number one seed. Are they going to lose the Cowboys? Cowboys lost to the Jets. I'm going to I'm gonna get into this one because I have it as part of my picks. But I think you already know where I'm going. I think you already know where I'm going. So I might as well get right into it. Actually, before I do, just a programming note. Um, I have told you on Twitter that Justin Barrasso from Sports Illustrated, he covers pro wrestling. You know, I do some pro wrestling stuff on the show every once in a while. And uh, Survivor Series, WWE Survivor Series is this weekend. and. I told you that Justin Barrasso was joining me in studio. He is. He will be joining me later tonight, and it will be a bonus episode that I will be releasing. So I will not be, we will not be doing it on this show. It will be a bonus episode of sorts. Um, so I just wanted to give you the heads up for people who might be expecting that interview on this show. That one-on-one will take place later tonight, and it will be on a separate episode of the Danny Picard Show. So make sure... You have subscribed. That will be dropping either tonight after this show drops or possibly on Friday morning. Uh, I'm not sure when I'm going to drop that show, but um, I know what I'm going to drop right now. And that is Picks Picks for Week 12 in the NFL. Let's get to it. Hit the music. Picks Picks for Week 12 presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. That's promo code PICK 
P-I-C at DraftKings.com. I went 3-2 and two last week in Week 11 against the spread. Five games against the spread every Thursday on the show. Uh, my record on the season is not great. 24-31 and 31 against the spread on the season. But uh, with the 3-2 and two week last week, I'm feeling good. You know, I'm feeling like I got a 4-1 week, at least a 4-1 week here in Week 12. So let's get to the picks. Pick number one. I'm going with the Cleveland Browns, a 10.5-point favorite over the Miami Dolphins. This one is in Cleveland Sunday at 1 o'clock. The Browns are 4-6. They've won two straight. Coming off the Thursday night football melee against the Steelers. The Browns won that game, by the way. Um, I know it didn't seem like that after the game because you get Miles Garrett smashing Mason Rudolph over the head with his own helmet. And so it might have felt like the Browns lost that game because they lost Miles Garrett. He has been suspended indefinitely. But in reality, the Browns won that game. All right, they won that game. And right now they're four and six on the outside looking in at the playoff race in the AFC. They are not eliminated from playoff contention, though. They're not going to win their division. That division is going to be won by Baltimore, who right now is 8-2. and two. I'm not saying Cleveland's going to win the division, but they can certainly still get a wild card spot, especially with, right now at least, they hold the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh. Those two teams will play again, and we'll see who ends up holding that tiebreaker. But uh, Cleveland's 4-6. and six. Above them, Tennessee at 5-5, five and five, Pittsburgh at 5-5, five and five, and Oakland at 6-4. and four. All of those teams are on the outside looking in. The two wildcard teams in the AFC, Buffalo at 7-3 and three, and Houston at 6-4. and four. But Houston and Indy, they could flip-flop. And I expect that to happen. I expect Indy to be down at the sixth seed when Houston takes over that division. So there'll be a handful of teams battling for the sixth seed in the AFC. But I'm telling you right now, I'm going to put Cleveland in that battle for that sixth seed. And I think they're going to continue to win. And I think they are going to win their third straight by beating the Dolphins this Sunday at 1 in Cleveland. The Dolphins are 2-8. Uh, the Dolphins are what? Coming off a loss to the Bills. Before that, they had won two straight. But still, Miami, Cleveland will be fine against Miami. Miami is still one of the worst teams in the league. And I just think even without Miles Garrett, Cleveland, offensively, I just think they're too talented. I think they could win big. They should win big at home. They, Like I said, they know they have a shot at the playoffs. They know they have a shot at the wild card. You know, they're going to now play this underdog role, which they weren't able to play going into the season because a lot of people had high expectations. A lot of people picking the Browns to win this division. I think I picked them to win this division too. So they didn't live up to that hype. They didn't live up to the expectations. Perhaps this team didn't belong in that, in, 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 to, to be given that. They didn't belong in that group. They didn't deserve that level of praise that they were getting. And so maybe they feel more comfortable as the underdog, even though they're a 10 and a half point favorite in this game. I think overall, right now, people are down on the Browns. I mean, they're two games under 500, so technically they should be. But that's where this Cleveland team likes to be. They will beat the Dolphins in Cleveland, and they will beat them big. I'm taking the Browns minus 10 and a half. Sunday at 1 o'clock. Then I'm taking the Carolina Panthers, a 9.5-point dog over the New Orleans Saints. This one is in New Orleans Sunday at 1 o'clock. The Panthers are 5-5. Five five. They're on the outside looking in at a playoff spot. I do not think they're going to get in. In fact, the only team right now that's on the outside looking in that, that, that could get into the playoffs still is Philly because they could still win their division. Right now, Dallas is in the lead of that division. 
at six and four. Phillies at five and five. Carolina at five and five to get a wild card spot. Well, the two wild card teams in the NFC: Seattle at eight and two, and Minnesota at eight and three. Carolina is not getting in. So maybe this is a dangerous pick, picking the Panthers, knowing that their season is kind of already over. But they got to keep playing. This is a divisional game. Yeah, it's in New Orleans. All right? I'm not telling you Carolina's going to win. They won't. But it's nine and a half. They will cover this spread. The Panthers in a divisional game. Christian McCaffrey, give me the points here. Carolina's going to go into New Orleans, even if it's a backdoor cover. I just, I just think that this game is going to be close. New Orleans, right now, they're 8-2. They're coming off a bounce-back win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're currently the three-seed in the NFC. And they're in a battle to try to get a first-round bye. I understand that. I know what New Orleans is playing for. I just think, though, that, that this being a divisional game is huge for me. And I just think that Carolina is better than what they've shown the last two weeks when they've lost two straight. I think the Panthers will keep this competitive. I think they will keep this close. At the very least, they have a backdoor cover. They're not going to win, but they will cover the spread. Give me the Panthers plus nine and a half in New Orleans on Sunday. Then I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles, a one and a half point favorite over the Seattle Seahawks. This game is in Philly Sunday at one o'clock. The Eagles are five and five. They're coming off a loss to the Patriots in which they did put up a pretty good fight. Uh, I just told you, the Eagles can win the NFC East still. It, it's not impossible. The Cowboys are 6-4, and four, leading that division. The Eagles are 5-5. Five and five. Philly, it's very realistic for them to still get in. They play a Seattle team that's 8-2, and two, a Seattle team that's coming off the bye after beating San Francisco uh, the week before. The Seahawks have won three straight. But the way this league works, the way this league works, the Seahawks... They are going to lose this game in Philly. There's just no question about it. They're going to lose to the Eagles in Philly. Seattle's defense is not what we're used to seeing. Seattle's D allows 25 points per game. Uh, I just I just see Seattle. They're riding high, coming off the bye. Might be a little rusty. The Eagles, while they lost to the Patriots, I still think they gained some confidence in that game. Eagles still have to work through some stuff, but I think they're going to see Dallas lose they, they know that Dallas could lose to the Patriots as well. They know this is a perfect opportunity to get back up in that race for the NFC East. I think Philly beats Seattle, and with the spread being low, one and a half, they cover the spread. Give me Philly, minus one and a half, over Seattle Sunday in Philly. Pick number four, I'm going with the Green Bay Packers, a three and a half point dog over the San Francisco 49ers. This game is in San Fran, Sunday Night Football on NBC. And this is a possible NFC Championship preview. It is. Uh, and the head-to-head tiebreaker in this one is huge. Uh, so this is the game of the week for the reason. For a reason, I, I think, you know, I'm not disputing that this should be the game of the week. It should be. But San Francisco, they're 9-1. They're the one seed right now. The Packers are 8-2. They're the two seed. I mentioned that head-to-head tiebreaker. It's huge. 49 is coming off. A comeback win over the Arizona Cardinals. Green Bay is coming off the bye. You could say, well, maybe Green Bay is going to be rusty against the San Fran team with an exciting win. Uh, Being in San Fran, this is a dangerous pick to take the Packers with the spread only being three and a half. But I think that Green Bay is going to hand the 49ers their second loss of the season. I'm going to take the Packers, um, which means I'm going to take the points. Packers will win the game on the road. And so with that, they will obviously cover the spread. Give me Green Bay plus three and a half over San Fran. And then my lock of the week, I am taking the New England Patriots, a six and a half point favorite over the Dallas Cowboys. 
This game is at Gillette Stadium in New England at 425 on Sunday. This game is on Fox. I assume we're going to get Joe Buck and Troy Aikman for this one. The Cowboys in first place in their division. 6-4. and four. They're coming off a win over the Detroit Lions, but the Lions were going with their backup quarterback. So it, it, this will be a different test for the Dallas Cowboys, even though the Patriots offense, like we've talked about, is struggling. When you look at Dallas... People high on Dallas because of the game that Dak Prescott has had. Because of the season that Dak Prescott has had. I don't know. The Cowboys have let me down an awful lot from a gambling perspective this season. And so I'm not that high on them. But even if you just look at their schedule and the six wins they have and the teams they've beaten, here's who Dallas has beaten this year. They've beaten the Giants twice. They've beaten Washington. They've beaten Miami. They've beaten Philly. And they've beaten Detroit without Matthew Stafford and the backup quarterback in Driscoll. Is that an impressive resume for the Dallas Cowboys this year? I would say absolutely not. Especially when you factor in one of the Cowboys' four losses this season is to the New York Jets. They lost to the Jets. How can you lose to the Jets and be taken seriously? You can't. And that's why I'm not really taking the Cowboys seriously. Early in the season, I was taking them seriously. Then they lost to the Jets and I'm like... See ya. I am done with the Cowboys. They've let me down way too much. The Patriots, they haven't put up 30 points since week seven. What was week seven? It was a 33-0 win over the Jets. The same Jets team that Dallas lost to. So uh, I think the Patriots could put up 30 in this game. The Patriots are the one seed and maybe getting overlooked by all the critics because of their offensive struggles. If I'm concerned about one thing in this game, it's that the Patriots have struggled against the run as of late, and I haven't liked the look of that. And so Ezekiel Elliott, maybe this could be a big day for him. That would be my only concern. But I just think, regardless, the Patriots will win this game, and they will win by at least 10 points in what will feel like a bounce-back win, even though they did beat the Phillies, the Phillies, the Eagles in Philly last week. A lot of people said that felt like a loss, but it wasn't. It was a win. So the Patriots... It'll feel, this will feel like a bounce-back win, but it will really be their second straight win. Give me the Patriots to win and cover. I'm taking New England, minus 6.5 over Dallas. So my picks for Week 12 in the NFL, I'm going with Cleveland, minus 10.5, Carolina, plus 9.5, Philly, minus 1.5, Green Bay, plus 3.5, and, and my lock of the week, New England, minus 6 and a half picks picks for week 12 presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. That's promo code PICK, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. So there you go. Those are my picks. Uh, I also post video of my picks on YouTube uh, every week. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Danny Picard. Uh, anything else before I wrap it up here? No, like I said, uh, bonus episode this week as I got Sports Illustrated's Justin Barrasso joining me in studio later tonight. We will record a wrestling podcast as the WWE gets set for Survivor Series this Sunday. Uh, so it's a big event in the pro wrestling world. And I haven't had Justin Barrasso in studio in a long time. So I'll be interested to get his take on the latest. And there is a lot of latest going on in professional wrestling. And I'd like his reaction to some of the things that, um, some of the things that I feel 
some of the ways I feel about pro wrestling right now and the state of pro wrestling and all the things that are going on. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. And I think we'll be posting some video clips of that segment on YouTube as well. So again, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. All of my work on my website, dannypicard.com. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. I am out. Talk to you soon. <laughs>